and welcome back to another edition of planet philly episode three and this time we're also joined by jen mcgraw jason joseph i'm nick Ernjo, but we have a very special guest from the sporting news and totalsportslive.com jovan alford is joining us you can follow jovan at jovan10 on twitter he's the man the myth the legend we're excited to have him as our first guest on the show we're back jovan it's your technically it's your second time on planet philly you started back when we were at roan radio now we're on our own and now you're the you're the you're the first guest i think times two how's it feel uh feels feels pretty good uh i'm glad to be on the show this time out of school for you out of school for y'all so definitely i'm excited no pressure um no one's legend um, like charles barkley said like charles barkley always says i'm not nobody's role model so you know glad to be glad to be on and you know enjoy you guys show i've been following obviously been following it since rowan and now listening to it you know as y'all do this independent wave so glad to be on you know to talk some philly sports with y'all I'm excited as well. We have Jason Joseph and Jen McGraw. Jason, how you been, man? We're, we're back on another edition. How's it been going? Everything's been going very well. It's been a really weird past couple of days. I was doing moments in Blue Rocks yesterday, and then the game got suspended. But you know <laughs> what? It, it, you know what? That's just the way that sports goes, you know? But I'm really excited to be back for another week of playing in Philly. Always love coming on here and, uh, you know, escaping escaping Earth for a little bit. You yeah, know? we love it. Yeah, we're, we're heading to the, the planet of Philly. Yeah, that, that's where we're headed, Jen. Uh, it's been a weird week for Jason. Any Anything weird been going on with you? How, how have you been? Well, it's been um, about an interesting month for me, I will say, because I, you know, I have been have been sick back and forth, kind of fighting off illnesses and stuff. But nonetheless, um, I'm just happy that football season is approaching i mean like kind of kind of sort of started yesterday but nonetheless got a lot to look forward to so i'm just remaining positive obviously but um and it all it all starts or it all continues tonight as well so of course everything is going great with me as well great great to hear glad you're feeling a little bit better uh too because you know i heard you were a little sick like you mentioned and we're glad we're glad to have you on the show and we're, we're back here on planet so let's get into it we have a lot to get to today i mean so much has been going on in the past week or so and especially in major league baseball there's a team that plays over in south philly the philadelphia phillies they've made a few moves uh as of late and you know they they go out they go get noah Syndergaard. they also go get a reliever in robertson i mean a former philly david robertson he comes back he would he play seven games beforehand now he finally appeared in his first appearance back it was his eighth appearance total with the phillies unbelievable and then you have uh, Brandon Marsh, I mean, he comes in to the Phillies organization, finally kind of maybe solidifying that center field position. And that's where I want to go to first, Jovan. Uh, question for you, because, uh, you know, we've talked about the Phillies a lot. We, we discuss uh, the Phillies all the time. Uh, what would you what would you grade the trade deadline for the Philadelphia Phillies? Uh, what, what grade would you give Dave Dombrowski? And out of those three guys they went out and got, they, they addressed every need every need uh, that, that they had to fill, starting pitcher, center field, as well as the bullpen. They go out and get their needs, what they need. What grade would you give Dombrowski? And out of those three guys, Syndergaard, Marsh, as well as Robertson, who do you think will be the most impactful? Well, for me, I think I would give the Phillies, I want to give them an A, but I'm going to give them, B, give, give them a B just because to leave them room for improvement. I 
think, you know, for them to do anything at the deadline, I think was an accomplishment just because, you know, in years past, you know, even last year when Dombrowski took over, there wasn't like a lot of like trade rumors out there. So you were just kind of wondering like, all right, is this team going to make a move or are we just going to sit back and watch, you know, the Mets and the Braves go bargain shopping again and, you know, get like the damn Vogelbaum, the Vogelbox or, you know, the Jorge Soler from like last year. We're going to watch them, you know, do that again. And surprisingly, you know, Dombrowski went out and made moves without having to give up, you know, most of the big time, you know, players in the farm system, right? Like, granted, they had to give up Logan O'Hoppy. I wish it was Rafael Marchand, but he doesn't have value, it seems like, no more. So <laughs> they had to give up him. They had to give up ben, ben Brown, who I think was a fast riser coming up in the majors. But seeing what they got in return for the players, I think it, you know, I think it worked out well for them. Out of the three that I think that's probably going to be the most important, I'm going to say Syndergaard. I'm going to go Syndergaard just because, you know, Robertson, the bullpen was already in great shape, right? The the way that, you know, he, that, you know, Thompson has came in and turned it around and really having guys in their own roles and just knowing this is your job. Like, Corey Knable, you're not the closer anymore, but I think you can be a really good seven, eighth guy, can come in and just lock it down. And then you add Robertson. I mean, who kind of saw him just coming in his first game, just like getting like a couple of strikeouts and just making it look easy. So I think you know Syndergaard is going to be the biggest one just because I don't know how many how long you want to keep on going back and forth with Brett with uh with Bailey Falter as like your swing guy going back and forth Suarez is starting to come around he had a very good you know um very good month of July I think he only gave up like what three year runs or something like that it wasn't ridiculous the way he was yeah in July yep. so I think if if Syndergaard obviously he's not the same you know pitcher that we saw with the Mets or anything but I will say that if he can give you about five innings, you know, or the rest of the way as like a quality start, I think you'll you'll take that, especially with Suarez, you know, turning it around. And then if, you know, Gibson, we know what we are going to get from him. So I would go with Syndergaard and I give him a big. Javon, with all the additions and subtractions, you know, we can't forget about that either. You know, they they move on from D.D. Gregorius, right? And they also move on from Mickey Moniak and Odupo Herrera and Jarius Familia. What does that say about the organization and where they're headed to? And also, what does that type of a message bring to the clubhouse? Oh, I think, you know, it sends the message first and foremost that if you're not doing your job, like you will be, you know, you'll be replaced. I mean, I think Familia's last straw was in that Pirate series where you almost gave up the entire lead in ninth inning and everybody's just like <laughs> that was brutal. Oh, that really was brutal again. How, yeah, it's like yeah. how could you I'm, keep I'm, going through I'm that? Sitting, yeah, no, I'm sitting here watching I'm sitting here. I wasn't watching the game, but I'm just following on ESPN and I'm just like, oh man, is he like gonna blow this? And I'm like, why then Mark Appel like back up here? Like I'm just thinking like all oh, the players in the minors that could do a better job. So I think it sends a message that you know like they're going to if you're not producing they're going to find replacements. And I also think at the same time, I think they're also going to continue to usher in the new guys, right? I don't think nobody at the beginning of the season saw D.D. Gregorius being released just because of you knew his power was kind of waning, but you're like, he's a good veteran guy, someone that you can lean on, you know, for his defense, better or worse. But you didn't think he was going to get released. And I think that also is a testament to what's happening in this minor league system and was a testament to Bryson Stott with the way he's been hitting lately. So I think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit of both. And you, you, you're glad to see this because it also, I think it showed that they're serious about making a, making this playoff push. Like they believe like this could be our time to get into the playoffs. 
this year. And now we look at, you know, everything that's happened with the trade, trade deadline. We look at everything that the Phillies have uh, been through this season as a whole, obviously glimmers of hope and, uh, you know, some, some great things going on, but also some heartbreak as well, such as uh, Bryce Harper getting injured, which definitely was a major blow for the Phillies. Um, with Harper looking to return about by some September, what is one thing the team needs to do right now, kind of immediately to stay on the right path and kind of uh, keep, keep this like nice, good streak going until it comes back. I think, you know, for them, honestly, I think, you know, you got to keep on, everybody just got to keep on hitting, right? You know, we had, you know, Swarber was kind of holding it down for him for a little bit. And then he, you know, he's kind of waned a little bit, but that's, you know, that's Schwarber, right? When he's on, he's on, when he's off, you know, he's not, he's not horrible. It's just the ball's not flying out the park, right? But, you know, it's good to see Nick Cassianos, you know, he's starting to hit as well so I think that's huge that's really huge because this was a guy last year in Cincinnati that was hitting for power and hitting for average at the same time like it was just ridiculous what him and Jesse Winkler was able to do you know last season at Cincy so I think you got to get him going and I mean Alec Bohm I think he's the key too. him continuing to produce at the bottom of the order which you know for a lot of teams that's kind of like dread you're just like there's none there's no type of offense coming from there and he's played really well for a guy who looked like he was probably on the one-way track you know out of out of the city so to see him play well and then Reese Hoskins you know the most you know lovable uh hateable first baseman <laughs> when it comes to the Phillies they, <laughs> he, he 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 when he's on he's on when he's when he's off his defense is off so I think if you know Hoskins continue to hit Cassianos continues to hit and Bone continue to hit I think they'll be you know really fine I think for what they lost with Harper and then obviously losing Segura around the same time, they I think they've done an amazing job of treading water and getting guys, you know, to step up like a Derek Hall too. I can't forget to mention him. He's been huge coming out of Lehigh Valley. Yeah, I, I think you make some really good points there, Jove. I mean, Hall's been a pleasant surprise, especially after you lose Harper. He comes up from AAA and starts producing a little bit. He, he's been a, a really nice surprise for the Phillies. And I want to go back on just something you mentioned about Alec Bohm. Um, I mean, he's been hitting really well uh, the other night, the first night uh, that he, he goes out there uh, against the nationals in the opener of the series. I mean, he, he, he gives them the lead after a home run. I mean, what do you think it took for Bohm to kind of start finding his groove defensively as well as offensively? I think defensively, just not doing too much at the plate, just, you know, just doing what you do well, right? You know, whenever whenever we think about, you know, the hot corners, right, first and third, you're thinking power guys, like you're thinking, you know, what the Phillies had in the past, right, Ryan Howard, or you're thinking what the Braves have at third base with Austin Riley, just guys that are hitting power. And for a guy like Bone, for Bone, you don't need him to hit, you know, for power just because you have guys stacked up ahead of them that can provide that power for you so for him I just think it's just all about you know hitting for average you know and just moving guys you know along I mean you look at what he did in July I think what he hit you know 434 that's you know just insane compared to the two previous months where he was hitting like 252 so to see him you know make that you know adjustment I think is huge and you know I think it's it's a testament to, you know, allowing players, and I know this is hard to do, just allowing players the time, you know, to develop and then, like, get their, you know, feet under them. You know, baseball is not like, you know, football and basketball where that, yeah. you know, young guys coming right away and they're like, boom, they're a star. Like, they're hitting the ground running. Baseball. Yeah. You got you to hang around the bit. minors. Yeah, you have to hang around <laughs> yeah. the minors for a little bit. Exactly. It takes till you get, like, 25, 24, 26, where you start to put it together. 
and you're starting to play more consistently. And I think that's also testament to Rob Thompson. These guys are playing consistently. And it's not like how it was Girardi where the, where the lineup was changing like every single day. Like this guy was sitting here. This guy was sitting here. Now it's like these guys know where they're hitting at. So now you can kind of create a game plan and just know what you have to do. Javon, one thing that we haven't seen so far on Planet Philly just yet is a whole lot of accolades, okay? And, <laughs> you know, we got robbed with Joel Embiid, right? And and that whole MVP thing. But I feel like Rob Thompson has a shot of winning manager of the year. And he could be, like, one of the first interim managers to actually be able to do that. But what's it going to take for him to win manager of the year? Does it take a playoff berth or does it take like a World Series ride, if that makes any sort of sense? No, it it makes sense. Uh, I think for me, I think it I think I think honestly, it would take it would take it would take a playoff berth just because this team hasn't been in the playoffs in what, 11 years. So, you know, you do the math for a lot of us 11 years ago, I was what? 19 so it's been a minute since you know they were in the playoffs and i think if he can get them there just just especially with how the season was trending it was not looking good you know it, this was a team that you were probably thinking all right well they possibly have to sell some guys you know will bone be on the trade block will hoskins be on the trading block i think if he can get them into the playoffs it doesn't matter if they're the second seed in the wild card it doesn't matter if they're the third seed in the wild card as long as you get into the dance you know anything can happen and they get into the sixth seed to play whoever, what, whoever's the third seed or whatever. So I, I think if he can get them there, especially with, you know, the obstacles that they've had to overcome, you know, with Harper getting hurt, with Segura getting hurt, you know, if he's able to overcome this and, you know, get them to the playoffs and the top heavy, you know, in at least that features the Braves and the Mets, definitely think he should be in the running for, you know, manager of the year. I don't know who else you could potentially give it to. Maybe Seattle with the way they've turned it around. Um, because they were looking just like the Phillies here looking really rough for a while. So I think only him, the manager, you know, you for the Mariners and maybe the manager for the Orioles, just because they haven't been, a, you know, they have, they've been pretty good as well. Yeah. And, and they- actually I actually have to correct myself really quickly because we actually did have an accolade last year because Bryce Harper <laughs> won the MVP. Oh yeah. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're, you're right. Yeah. And Joe, I'm glad you mentioned the Orioles. I mean, they, they sold at the deadline. I don't think they believed where they were going to be where they were at uh, at this point in the season. So, I mean, you, that's that uh, depending on how they finish the season, that, that, that's definitely, I think uh, a, a team that's going to be on the rise, especially with all the top prospects uh, they have in that system. But yeah, I mean, listen, the Phillies, I mean, they're on a roll right now. I mean, you know, they go out and you get these three types, these three players and they're types of players that can make an impact right away. So, um, you know, hopefully the playoff drought finally ends. It's been what, since 2011, since they've been back uh, to the, to the dance in in October we love October baseball here in Philly hopefully that can happen now I want to go back we mentioned Bryce Harper a couple times he was in the broadcast booth during the opener of the national series to alumni weekend so that got us thinking a little bit here Jovan there's you know that you see a lot of players going to broadcasting over uh after their careers are done and we've seen it with you know Charles Barkley Tony Romo a ton of them so that got us thinking who is your uh, favorite broadcaster that was an athlete before? For me, I, I think the easy choice is definitely to go Charles Barkley. I mean, how, I, how can you not love him? He's, he's hilarious. He is, uh, he's made for television. I think it's the obvious choice. For me, I'm going to stay a little local. 
I'm a big fan of Ben Davis. I think what Ben Davis provides to the game, you know, as a color commentator or in the post game pregame show, I think he, he goes about his, the way he goes about it and, and talks about baseball is in a way that, you're able to grasp uh, some difficult topics uh, when it comes to, you know, training, when it comes to you know, all different uh, scenarios to the game, especially catching as he was a former catcher. I, so I, I think he's a little bit underrated as a broadcaster for sure. Um, so, Jovan, I, I, that um, begs the question, who do you who's your favorite athlete uh, that, or favorite broadcaster? I used to be an athlete. Ah, that's a tough one. Yeah. A tough one. I wish it was just. I wish it was the other way around. I wish it was. Who's your favorite broadcaster? And I could just start just name the guys. Just <laughs> maybe just you can name up. that too. Why not? If you want, yeah, well, go ahead. Go both. Okay. Well, <laughs> athlete turned broadcaster. I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite. Right. I guess it just depends on the sport. Like if it's like obviously if I'm watching you know TNT and there's like inside the NBA going. I mean. How can you not love to hear, you know, Charles, Kenny, Shaq, you know, Ernie just, you know, ripping and just having fun. So if, if I want to go to easy answer, I would go with I'll go with Barkley. You know, he's always a fun listen to, especially when the old Sixers and the Nets thing was going on last year. That was a very, very comical uh, TV right there. Uh, so if I went with that and then just overall broadcaster, um, I would go Gus Johnson. Love okay. Oh, Gus yeah. Johnson. Yeah, he's you know, a great call, you know, I wish he was doing NFL games, but I, well, he is doing NFL games, but I wish he was doing more uh, NFL games, but, you know, he's always been a joy to watch just college football, college basketball, Martin on CBS. So those would be, you know, my answers. good ones. I like them. Yeah, they're good ones. Jen, how about you? Who would you say your favorite athlete turned broadcaster uh, would be? So I would say, um, I mean, if you're thinking in terms of football, which I'm always thinking in terms of football, um, even when it's not football related, I would say the, the late, great John Madden, even though he never played uh, really in the NFL, he did do some coaching and obviously announcing in the NFL, but he did play at Cal Poly. Um, and just like you said with Ben Davis, Nick, um, the way that he described football in a way that kind of helped other people understand the game and appreciate it more is definitely something that was inspiring to me in uh, the ways that I want to contribute that in the same way in my writing. So just being able to learn from him, of course, you know, I we didn't grow up watching him, but we do know of him and we know that he was great, you know, in the game um, and he was well-respected, well-respected in, in the NFL and football world. So um, just being able to say that he's definitely one of my favorites, not only for the fact of what he did for broadcasting, but the way that he gave a more appreciation and understanding of football is something that obviously I want to contribute. But in terms of like the modern day, you know, kind of like we watched this athlete or these athletes and then they hit the broadcast booth, I'd have to say either Michael Strahan or Drew Brees, just for, um, again, just the fact that they're more of the modern day players. And um, I love the way that they just, they have fun. They're, they're very entertaining. We saw what they were like on the field. So I love seeing athletes uh, bring that kind of perspective to the broadcast booth. Now also the downside to that is somebody who didn't study broadcasting as much because they did have a football or any athletic career, they don't really know as much yet about the the whole aspect of what broadcasting is but it is great to see that kind of aspect of uh, a player's perspective on the field such as with uh, Drew Brees or Michael Strahan yeah I think those are John Madden's I mean he's the ultimate he's the ultimate 
uh, broadcaster for sure. Um, and then, you know, going into Michael Strahan, I mean, he's on everything. He's everywhere. He's on Good Morning America. I mean, he, he did he do Kelly, Kelly and Michael for a little bit. I mean, he did that. He does yep. the pre and post game on five. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he, he's definitely a good one as well. But John Madden, ultimate legend. He was he he was awesome. I mean, no, no doubt. And if you haven't seen the documentary yet, uh, that, that was a great documentary about John Madden that came out uh, just recently uh, in the past few months uh, before he passed away. So def- definitely a great one to check out. And Jason, how about you? I know you're going to have a good one for the for this uh, topic. It was really tough for me to come up with one, but if I were to go through my list of people and choose one of them, I'd just say Reggie Miller is a really good one. Yeah. I feel like in some ways he's kind of underrated. He does some really great work with Kevin Harlem. And every time I listen to him, I just always feel like he gives such great insight on the game, but he also has a little bit of swag to him. And I think that that is what makes the broadcast really enjoyable. They always say that when it comes to TV, it's really important to have a great color commentator because, you know, people can be watching the game and they could be, and and they could have the game off, you, you know, just to understand like what's going on. So the color commentator is like one of the most important key things in a TV broadcast. And it's the opposite with radio, you know, that's more about the play by play, but I feel like when it comes to TV, Reggie Miller is just great for TV. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good one. I think everyone came up with pretty good ones uh, in the, in this topic. I mean, there's so many out there. I mean, you had the Tony Romos of the world. Can't go Tony Romo on this podcast. I wouldn't for sure. I mean, there's no way and I'm going to take Tony Romo as my favorite. I, I, think he's, I think he's pretty good. I think he's starting to lose the flair a little bit. Like since when he first got, he was predicting the plays a little bit. Nah, no, we, I'm done with Tony Romo. The Tony Romo, I think, I think it's peaked. Uh, at this point and you know he's just he's now no, another broadcaster that they have and pay millions of dollars to now i'm very interested to see what tom brady does when he signed that fox deal that's going to be something to watch for when he uh, you know retires in probably 10 years or so It'll be 55 before he ends up uh retiring and, and signs uh, actually with fox so we'll see what happens with that uh but hey uh, I, I think those were, I think it was a cool topic seeing Bryce, you know, in the broadcast booth. Maybe he's got a career after baseball. Maybe we see him in the booth somewhere. Uh, you never know. You see Jimmy Rollins every year kind of during the postseason on Fox. So very interesting uh, stuff there. Great answers by all of you guys. I want to move to our, our second topic of the day, though. Uh, we have to talk about the Eagles. training camps underway. Uh, Hall of Fame game was just recently the Eagles preseason first preseason game is coming up very shortly. Um, but Jovan, I, I have to, I have to talk about our guy, Jalen hurts. I have to bring him up. I mean, he's a quarterback heading into this year. Once again, for the Eagles, the second year as the starter, the full-time starter, uh, for the birds. Um, you know, we're, we're big fans of Jalen hurts. I would say, uh, you know, we, 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 we believe in them and you know, there, there's a, there's a section of Eagles fans out there that I don't think, are all bought in yet. And I don't know if the Eagles are all bought in yet. Um, my, my question is, what does Jalen have to do this year? He's got A.J. Brown. He's got Devontae Smith. He's got all the running backs, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. He's got a great offensive line. Defense looks much improved. What does Hurts have to do this season to kind of win those people over and ultimately kind of solidify himself as the starter moving forward in the next two, three, four, five years? Uh, that's a good question. 
I don't honestly, me personally, I don't think there's nothing he can do to win, you know, the fans over because people, regardless, regardless of what fan base you're in, you're setting your ways on how you feel about said quarterbacks, whoever, you know, whoever joins your team. I think for Hertz to continue to progress, you know, in his career to be, you know, moving up into that, you know, top 10, you know, quarterback range. I think for him personally, I think he has to, you know, continue to, you know, you know, work on his mechanics, you know, the development footwork, which I think we've seen, you know, it's gotten better just due to stuff we've seen in the offseason, just things we've seen through training camp. It seemed like dad has, you know, picked up and, you know, uh, gotten better. If he, I think if he branches his completion percentage just, just up a couple of ticks, I think he'll be, you know, all right. You know, not every quarterback's going to, you know, throw, you know, 70%, you know, their passes. I think what Burrow was like close 70%, but right. hey, that, was anom- that was an anomaly of a great season, right? And, and I, I think, think they'll that- throw more. And I think he'll definitely yeah. throw more this year. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely going to they're definitely going to throw the you know the football more, and I think if they throw the football more, obviously his completion percentage is going to go up. I mean, if if let me say if he has what Mac Jones what had twenty two touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, had like, like a sixty eight, so completion percentage it wasn't great, right? It wasn't great, but we don't hear nobody you know <laughs> saying hey Mac Jones you didn't have that great of a year. He wasn't that good, but you know, you're talking it, to it, a it, Patriots guy. <laughs> oh, hey, sorry, no, di- no, disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect to Michael McCorkle. That's, <laughs> that's our, that's our guy, right? Michael there. McCorkle but Jones. No, actually, <laughs> but no, I think if Hertz continues just to get the completion percentage a little bit more, um, and you know, continue to do what he does best, right? I think you know, there were opportunities last year where we did see him extend, you know, throw the ball down the field. He's gotten lucky sometimes. I mean, look, the Quest Watkins 91 yard touchdown uh pass that wasn't a touchdown because <laughs> he couldn't get into the end zone. Or yeah. you know, um just a lot of just some unfortunate things that happened. And obviously people remember what happened in the playoff game, but I think that was just a young team Joe going up and then against the buzzsaw and the Tampa Bay, you know, Buccaneers. So I think if he completes the takes the completion percentage up a few. Um and just, you know, continues to run the football. I don't want him to stop running. I think that's one of his better elements of his game. I mean, he had the most rushing yards for a quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, he continues to do that, become a dual threat. I think if you can get maybe, I'm going to say 30 total touchdowns and about, hmm, we'll take, we'll take, we'll take about 13 interceptions because you're just going to throw the ball more. If I think you bad. get that, yeah. I think you'll be, I think, I think, yeah, I think you'll be, I think you'll be in great shape. And I think this team, you know, will be, I think this team will be in excellent shape. So we know that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter. I mean, no doubt about that. That's what everybody's been saying. Um, But what do we make of the depth of the quarterback room? So of course, in training camp, we haven't seen a whole lot of uh, Carson Strong, the other Carson, I was about to say another Carson, but um, Carson Strong, we haven't seen a whole lot of him in training camp. Um, And what we saw of Gardner Minshew, we didn't see really the best of, of course, we had a few, he had a good few passes here and there with the second team, but uh, what is the best course of action for the Eagles regarding their quarterback depth? Um, I think quarterback depth. I think you're. I think I think they're okay where they're at. Obviously, right? You know, God forbid, Hurts gets hurt. You know, they can lean on Minshew a couple of games, like they did last year with the ankle. You know, they were able to like basically scale down the offense to what they did with Hurts. They scaled down the offense. You lean on that running game, and you you know let it flourish. Um, I think the quarterback room right now is still. I think in the, I think it's still in the, in the developmental stages, right? 
I think, you know, Minshew, you know, there's a reason, and I say this to people, I say this to people all the time, there's a reason why he got cut in Jacksonville and couldn't stick it as the backup, you know, to a guy like CJ, you know, Befford, who's the backup there. So I think I think it's still in the developmental stage, you know, Carson Strong, a guy who a lot of people thought was, you know, going to be a drafted guy, you know, medicals probably, you know, scare some teams off just with his, you know, knee, but we saw what he, we saw what he was able to do at uh, at Nevada. He could throw that ball a little bit. So I think, you know, he's going to be a development guy. And also I think, you know, keep an eye out, you know, for Reed Senate. You know, he's another guy that they picked up last year who, you know, we'll probably see him. We'll, we'll definitely see, probably won't see Hurts that much in the preseason, but we'll definitely see those three. So I think it'll be interesting how the quarterback battle kind of, you know, kind of wages out. I think Minshew's probably safe as the backup, but I'll be interested, you know, if they decide, you know, to keep, you know, a third guy on a practice squad because, you know, we saw last year they added Jamie Newman, who was an undrafted guy, but he just couldn't cut it you know, for them. So I think it's still in developmental stage. I think they're in a good, I think they're in a good spot now. I want to talk a little bit more about the defensive side of the ball. So this is a two-part question here. So how much better is the defensive line and the linebacking core compared to last season? And my second part of the question is Jonathan Gannon, you know, there was a whole lot of controversy about him last season and he was talked highly or he was highly regarded by just everybody from national news media. What do you think his expectations are going to be this season? And if he doesn't live up to his expectations, do you think that planet Philly could be under attack? Oh yeah. hundred percent. And it should be, it should be if he doesn't get it together. I mean, I, 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 he played, he played in grand. A lot of people say, you know, he didn't have the tools to be successful, but I mean, come on, man, they were playing Ben, but don't break defense. They were allowing quarterbacks to complete almost 70% of passes. Like, <laughs> who – I think we all remember that that Chargers game. That was oh, just my ridiculous. goodness. Justin Herbert, Herbert yeah. He, I think yeah. he completed, what, about 80% of his passes? Like, he was just sitting there just like with a game of Madden on rookie, just literally picking apart what every, you know, way he can go. So, I think, you know, I think, you know, I think, yeah, if, they, if he can't get, you know – things out of this defense or what they added, then I definitely think there has to be pressure, you know, you know, on him to, you know, to potentially, you know, leave. I hate to say that, but yeah. And then you look at the front seven. Yeah. I think they're definitely better, definitely improved, you know, getting a guy like Jordan Davis in the first round was huge, you know, even though it seemed like he was going to fall to the Ravens, but the Eagles were able to work there maneuvering because Jordan Davis is like the perfect Raven to go in the middle of that defensive line. So then they're able to maneuver to get him. I think it's huge. Um, I think Josh Sweat, I think it's still coming to his own. I think, you know, he's, I think he's going to be a great pass rusher, you know, for them, you know, Javon Hargrave, I think he's entering, I think he's entering his last year as though, which is crazy because I feel like he just got here, you know? So um, I think, I think they're good. And the linebackers, I think, you know, they're great. I think, I think they're better than what they were, you know, last year, you know, no disrespect, you know, to Alex Singleton, TJ Edwards, you know, and those guys, they were, they, 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 were, they were solid, but, you know, adding a guy, you know, like Kazir White, who, you know, can also tackle, you know, and be stop, help stop the run, but also be a guy in pass coverage. I mean, we saw too many times over the last couple of years, you know, what tight ends are able to do against, you know, the Eagles linebacker. It was like open season every time, you know. It, Nathan it, it, Gary, it, that's all I have to say. Nathan yeah, Gary. Yeah, man. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan Gary was getting, was getting, was getting, you know, 
just turned around. I mean, what was that? That, Still- that Stillers game a couple years ago? Where oh he was my just goodness! Getting exploited yeah. in the middle of the field. <laughs> he did, didn't he have? Didn't he have a, a pick six or something against the 49ers? Didn't he have like yes. one big like moment or something? Oh no, that was uh, that was Alex Singleton. Oh, Singleton. Singleton. Okay, that was six. Singleton. That was Singleton. That's Singleton right. Singleton to pick yeah. six. So you <laughs> add. So you add Kazir White, who I think is going to help Hassan Reddick. I think was a huge, you know, a huge pickup for them. You know, especially for how he's been playing the last few years, come off that edge. And then the Kobe Dean, you know, a guy who a lot of people thought, again, was supposed to be this guy that was going to be a top prospect, you know, guy early drafted, falls again because of medicals. You know, I think he's going to be a really good player for him. And that's something that the Eagles didn't have. You know, we're talking about having depth and talent. And I think they have depth at a lot of places, a lot of young talent at a lot of places on the defense on the defense which you know should make eagles fans you know happy because that means that they're drafting well they're signing undrafted free agents well and they're developing them to say hey if such and such gets hurt we're entrusting you to you know play and make plays so nicobe dean can be better than davion taylor at this point in year one that would be an amazing you know start for them yeah, I, I think they're going to be a much improved team. I think they got better defensively. I mean, Jonathan Gannon now kind of seems like he has his guys to fit what he wants to do. And that, that's what I'm very curious to see. Um, I made the bold prediction that Jordan Davis is going to win uh, defensive rookie of the year next year. I, I just think he's going to be that good. I think he's going to be that good in the interior. I mean, he's learning from guys like Fletcher Cox. I mean, Hargraves there, Josh Sweat. I mean, this defense is going to be lethal, Joe Vaughn. Um, how, how much of a step further do you think they take it uh, this year with the defense? I know the secondary is a little bit better. Still a little bit of question marks uh, at the safety position. But I, do you think they make that jump to be a top 10, even top five defense with the talent that they have? Top five, we'll see. It'll take it'll take a lot of miracles for that to happen. Obviously, we have to see how things, but they have the talent to become top five, right? I think definitely top ten is definitely is definitely something to strive for because, like you said, you look at the defensive line, and one thing we can say about the Eagles, they've always had a stock defensive line rotation where they, they can just roll a lot of guys on second and third down. You know, you'd be like, who's this defensive end? Where's he coming from? And how is he getting sacks? Like they just roll guys out and just say, all right, you're playing down on this third down, get out there and, you know, make plays. And I think we're going to see that, you know, they're going to be a playmaking. I think they're going to be a very playmaking defense. I think even at, I think, like you said, even the secondary, I think the secondary is, you know, tremendous. And we haven't been able to say that for a few years now. You got Darius Slate, who's still playing at a high level, getting a guy like James Bradbury, who I think probably has a chip on his shoulder, you know, just based off how everything, you know, played out you know for him in new york avante maddox once again playing in the spot where he's supposed to be playing at now on the outside but in the slot where he's able to do what he can do and then like i said you know the talent the young talent they have a, i don't think a lot of people notice they have a lot of young cornerbacks behind those three veterans that you know are going to be able to you know to really learn we're talking about the take Allen's. we're talking about the zach mcpherson's uh mario goodrich who they you know picked up in an undrafted you know signing you know uh mac mccain uh carrie vincent i mean these there's some names that we remember from college ball that ended up on this team. So excited to see, you know, how they doing. And like you said, safety. Yeah. Marcus Epps, you know, is not the flash is the name you know, for them. He just somehow sticks on the roster. He stays, stays around. I mean, there's a little bit of excitement about him. I, you know, I, I'm waiting to see on Marcus Epps. I mean, I, you know, he comes in. I mean, I, I believe he was undrafted if I'm not mistaken or taken yeah. very late. Yeah. So yeah, I, guy. so I mean, 
I, I'm waiting to see on him. I mean, you don't bring bring back Rodney McLeod. You have Anthony Harris. I mean, that's a guy that has been with Gannon before. So I'm very curious to see how, how the secondary really shakes out. I think the corners are the best they've had, um, I, I mean, since Asante Samuel. But, I mean, Lito Shepard, I mean, it, it's been that long since you've had mm-hmm. names like that. They've lost Steve oh, Nelson yeah. too, right? Yeah, Steve yep. Nelson's out. Yep. Yeah. He's in Houston, I think. He's in Houston now. Yep. I also wanted to ask really quickly, um, you know, we're not – we haven't really talked too much about the head coach and Nick Sirianni. What do you think is going to be a little – is it going to be different this season from his perspective? Do you think that there's going to be different types of play calls? And if so, what are we going to see more of this season from him that we didn't see last season? Um, I think we'll continue to see him make adjustments. I know that was something that, you know, a lot of us, you know, were, you know, screaming about early in the season, especially when we're two and five and you're just like, what are you doing? Throwing the ball 30, 40 times. Like you just can't do that. You got a nice running game um, that, that has, yeah, run the ball. Like that's what you got to do. So I think you're going to continue to see him make, you know, adjust, you know, continue to make adjustments, which is, you know, make a break for, you know, a head coach. I think you're going to, you know, I think like, like, I think we talked about, right. You're going to see them dial up some more path plays because now they have the weapon tree to do it. Right. You have a Dallas Goddard, you have an AJ Brown, you have a Devontae Smith, nice one, two combo. You have Quest Watkins who's, you know, speed is unmatched. You know, when you can get him one-on-one, um Zach Pascal. I mean this is a deep wide receiving court too so I mean I think we're going to see a lot of different things but I still think the backbone in this team is going to be the run game I think they're going to continue to lean on that ground game and you got to when you got like one of the better you know offensive lines in the league so if you can get that run game going you know with Miles Sanders hopefully he scores a touchdown this year uh because he's in the contract here so if he if he can get going scores a touchdown then I think that's just going to open up this passing game you know more for them and I think that's going to be any that's going to be good news because teams already know this team can run the ball now what's going to be let's show the league that we can actually throw the ball and so now I kind of have like a general question you know training camp has just came back for you know the Eagles among all the other teams in the NFL but um, we're all Philly media and you know Philly fans as well and if there's one thing we love we love to overanalyze everything if Jalen Hurts has a bad day then it's like the end of the world but if he has, he has a good day then like quarterback for life it is what it is um, and obviously you know there's been a uh, a video that's going around of Trayvon Diggs being torched um, you know in practice recently so <laughs> obviously something something for Eagles fans to be happy about but if it happened to the Eagles then it'd be like you know it's just training camp so <laughs> my question for you uh, is what advice or what would you say to you know Philly fans or really just football fans in general about you know like taking training camp one day at a time and just kind of being patient because you're not seeing like the bigger picture the full picture yet listen i would say training camp is just a snapshot it's <laughs> not the it's not it's not the final picture it's like preseason right preseason's like a snapshot yeah. like teams players they're working on things it's not you know this is not like the finished product right we've seen teams go four and on the preseason look like world beaters and then regular season started and they're just like yeah not the same team that you saw you know that was running out you know third stringer so I think for training camp and and training camp preseason in general take it for a grain of salt you're looking for more so not team performances but I think you're looking more so at individual performances you're looking at all right who's this who's going to be the guy that's going to step up you're looking at all right will Jalen Rager you know reach his potential right you're looking at all right 
the running back room is set. All right, can we see Kenneth Gainwell continue to take those steps? Can we see, you know, Jalen Hurts continue, you know, to take those steps? And I think that's what all NFLs have, NFL fans have remember. Like, I know we all like to see the, the viral clips, you know, like you said, Trayvon Diggs getting burnt by like Semi Foco, you know, that was like, oh my God. But, you know, that was Trayvon Diggs last year, right? He did up a lot, right? So I think you just got to take everything with a grain of salt and, you know, we won't know, I think, honestly, about none of these teams, right, until we get through the first quarter of the season. I think once we get through those first four games, then we can kind of tell the story, uh, but not so much in preseason. Well, I mean, unless you're the Texans, the Falcons, <laughs> and the Bears, then we kind of already know who you are. Yeah, I, I I, totally agree. And, you know, bringing us to to the Sixers, I know when we talk a little Sixers, I put out a tweet the other day. I'm so sick of seeing practice videos of players in the offseason <laughs> And people going bananas or just hating. I, it mind boggles me. We're still doing this. We're still doing this after the Ben Simmons nonsense that we saw over the past how many years? I'm so sick and tired of people overreacting in training camp, in preseason. I, I'm not. We're not doing it again. We're not doing it. We're going to get to the regular season, whether it's football, whether it's basketball. I, I don't care. We're not going to overreact this early in the year and I know Jason wants to get into the Sixers a little bit and yeah I just saw Harden video the other day saying he's back he's going to be the Rockets Harden well he might as well he may be but we don't know yet it's literally <laughs> August and we have months till the season starts but I'm, you, I'm so glad you, know you brought that is? up Jen I'm so glad you brought that up you know what it is so it's I, I feel like part of it is just fans just taking out their frustration on where the team was last season. Yeah. And, you know, they don't have anything else to look at except for that. Like, there's no other content. Like, there's They're no other patient. games being played. And, it, and exactly, exactly. It's just the impatience of just, you, you know, there not being any sort of games or anything like that. What, so what, I, I feel like that's where it comes from. What did the most, one of the most famous Philadelphia 76ers player of all time say we're talking about practice we're literally talking about practice right now I, you know that's just me jason i know you want to talk a little sixers before we run yeah my only question javon is so we saw tyrese maxi uh speak to speak with a uh, john kincaid and he was on the john kincaid show doc rivers was on vince carter's podcast we see all the james harden workout videos and we also heard about the pay cut and all that sort of stuff with where the Sixers are right now what is their ceiling going into next season where they're at right now what's their ceiling ah man um right now additions they made everybody's healthy you know Joel Embiid doesn't break his face uh I say yeah knocking on wood right um I, I still I still think they're a top I think they're, I still think they're a top four team in the Eastern Conference, you know, at the end of the day. I think the additions that they made, you know, they weren't like, you know, earth. I think they were nice, you know, plug and play pieces, right? Mine is giving PJ Tucker three years, $37 million, <laughs> but I digress uh, <laughs> on that. I heard y'all talk about that before. So I digress on that point. But I think adding a guy like PJ Tucker, right? A guy that's going to continue to give you defense. Don't expect a lot of points from him. You know, he's going to probably have a couple of Matisse Steibel stat lines, but we will probably overlook that just because it's PJ Tucker. So I think, you know, adding him, adding a guy like DeAnthony Melton off the bench, giving him another guy that can play off ball, but also, you know, 
play, you know, play be at another backup point guard. I think it's huge, you know, for them. Daniel House, another three and D guy. Um, I think they're still a top, I think they're a top three, top four team in the East right now. I think what obviously you gotta say, just giving them respect, you gotta say Boston's like the best team right now, just because they went to the finals. Uh number two, I would say Milwaukee. I say Milwaukee's number two. You can never count them out, especially when they're healthy with that core of Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton. I think you got to go there with them too. Three, I think, honestly, uh, three can honestly go Sixers or the Miami Heat right now. I think you do. They're like the three, four teams right there. Number five, um, number five, I would say, number five, I would probably say, number five, I'd probably say like, Toronto I take Toronto is a very good number five team there's that, that that's that team that's just always going to give you issues and they just never quit they're just going to be a thorn in your side you just want to never see them in the playoffs like the Sixers because they're going to just make you just so annoyed and then six I'll probably say um six probably go Chicago I go Chicago's probably your sixth best team and then seventh I think Brooklyn's seventh just because I don't know what to make of them you know at all <laughs> so those probably my top seven teams you know in the Eastern Conference what's the Sixers like I said balancing between that three fours you know spot and I think for them in the regular season the key is going to be how do you match up against Milwaukee how are we going to match up against Boston because they did have some games last year where they looked like they were neck and neck with them and you hope that they can get over the second round, you know, issues, which has plagued them for the last few years. Obviously, circumstances happen each time. Hopefully, they don't happen again this time around. So with where all four of, like, the big four teams are for Philadelphia sports, you know, mm-hmm. from today until, like, the end of next mm-hmm. season when it comes to football. Or, or, sorry, when it comes to the NBA Finals and the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. If three out of four of the major sports have like a very big playoff run and go very deep in the playoffs, what do you think that's going to mean for the city of Philadelphia? Oh, I think that means the city going to be back up again. I think, you know, I think, <laughs> I think the city's going to be in, I think the city's going to be in great shape. You know, nobody, you know, wants to be, you know, rooting for a team in the city where, you know, the team's not playing well. I mean, Look, 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 look how they're treating the Flyers right now. The Flyers don't exist, right? The Flyers That's don't exactly why right I said now. three. I, 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 <laughs> you know, I you, you, know. <laughs> you know, the union have literally taken you're the, the best team, they're the best team in Philadelphia right now, no doubt. Yeah, the union sure. have literally taken the seat from the Flyers. I mean, shoot, Villanova basketball takes the seat from the <laughs> Flyers a lot of times. So, I mean, if three, if you can get three out of four with a deep playoff run, I think it's exciting, right? And that's in a start with the Phillies, right. The Phillies can make into the playoffs in October. And granted, right, we're talking about what wild card rounds, best to three. Granted, they might not make it out of that round. And I think people will be okay with it, right? It's almost like when they went to the playoffs back in what, 07, and they faced the Rockies, and it was like that excitement, like, oh my gosh, you're finally here. Like, you're going to make some noise. <laughs> it didn't go so well. <laughs> but just that moment to have that excitement again, I think it starts with them. They get it rolling, they get it kicked off. I think we're going to see the Eagles back again in the playoffs. I think the Sixers are definitely going to be back in the playoffs again. So I think all three can, you know, I think all three can totally handle the business. The fourth one, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't got a lot of hope for them. They, 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 they have they have to learn how to play hockey in 2020. They, they, they ain't there yet. They have to get it right upstairs before the they get Yeah, they have to get it right upstairs. The they can get it right upstairs. Maybe we'll see hockey and 
in three years, four years, five, who knows? Who knows? We'll see competitive hockey again. Not one, not two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, there, there we go with, with my guy, LeBron. I mean, oh, boy. <laughs> um, but, no, I, listen, I, I think one – you're right, Jovan. I mean, when everyone's good, when the Eagles – I mean, especially the Eagles – and Phillies and Sixers, when these teams are, are in it and they're in a race, they're in, in the playoffs, I mean, this city is just hopping. And we've been kind of dying for that a little bit, especially with the Phillies. I mean, it's been so long. It's been dreadful over the past 10 years to watch them play. The Sixers, we had the process years. The Eagles got it done just a few years ago. But those those are the two teams you want to see it get rolling. Flyers are just a lost cause at this point uh, in yeah. time. You, you lose out on Goudreau. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I really do think uh, if, if all these teams can start making some noise in the playoffs, I think the city's really going to be something we haven't seen in a long time because it's very hard to have all the teams really good at the same time, uh, for sure. But before we get out of here, we have a segment uh, we love to do before we end every show, Jovan. Uh, it's called Space Jamming. What are we listening to? What type of music are we listening to? Whose album are we bumping? I, I've I've literally listened. I picked the same album two weeks in a row. I've changed it this week. I've changed it. Um, I will go last, but uh, Jen, you can go first. We'll go Jen, Jason, and then Jovan, and I'll round things out. So um, as this past week, I've also, I've obviously been engulfed in uh, football. So I've been watching training camp on NFL Network. And if there are two things that NFL Network loves, it's obviously the love of talking about football and Imagine Dragons. So I've been listening to Imagine Dra Dragons this week, specifically the song Bones, because they play that song um, as like a segue to a commercial break every single day, maybe a couple times a day. And I'm not complaining because the song is catchy. So it's just, it piqued my interest to get back into Imagine Dragons. And that's literally what I've been listening to this week. Uh, maybe because of NFL Network, may not be, but that. I like it. I like that one. I think that that's a great one. Uh, Imagine Dragons. You, you sent that in the group chat the other day talking about NFL Network just kept playing Imagine Dragons. I think that's that's pretty funny. I mean, eh, I'll, I'll tune into some Imagine Dragons every once in a blue moon. Jason, are you listening to some Imagine Dragons this week? What do you got? You know, I was expecting for some reason, like when you were talking about football music, like the first thing that came into my head was Carrie Underwood's Sunday Night Football <laughs> theme song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a great that one. Is that honestly might come a banger. up. That may, hey. may come up soon. Who knows? Exactly. But so as far as what I've been listening to, you know, I'm the type of person that likes to listen to a lot of things. I got a little bit of Fleetwood Mac on like the rock side of stuff. Nice. And then, you know, on the pop side of things, I got I got Doja Cat. <laughs> it's really weird as, as that combo is, you know, I, I have to give respect to all the greats. You, you know, it's it's just like athletes and sports. If you're great at a sport, I got to give you respect. And it's the same thing with music. So Doja Cat, Fleetwood Mac, interesting combo. But that's pretty much like what I've been. I would say my two top artists and bands that I've been listening to, maybe a little bit of Credence Clearwater Revival as well. I'm a little bit old school in that sort of sense. But um, Nick, I, I, I had to add this. I totally forgot to tell you before, you know, when we were talking about like our favorite color commentators, I was surprised that you didn't say Chris Collinsworth. I know. After I, every I know. Single, every <laughs> single broadcast, this guy says now. I thought that would have been too cliche. That would have been too cliche for me to, to go with, to roll with. I couldn't do it. I'll stick with the baseball thing. We're in baseball season. If you ask me in about two months, 
I probably would say maybe him. He he might he might have he might have gone for it. Joe Fon, uh, what are you jamming? What space jamming with you? What are you listening to? Oh, man, I've been I've been waiting for this segment the whole night, you know, <laughs> just because I know Jessica knows one of the best segments on this show. Um, what am I listening to? It's it's a, it's a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything right now. Uh, if you look at my Spotify playlist, there's a lot of random stuff. We got like the '90s hip hop, you know, yeah. playlist going. We're talking nice. like talking like biggie tupac i mean we're mixing in a tribe called quest we're mixing <laughs> in you know we're mixing in a whole whole bunch of stuff we're talking dr we're dre talking, yeah we got some dr dre we <laughs> nice. got some you know we got some you know puffy we got some mace uh you know what i mean mixing some like Throwing i said it's a whole bunch of stuff yeah we got that yeah man it's a lot of throwbacks there oh. uh you know then you got I'm listening. I listen to Logic a lot, so I got some. I got some Logic going in there. Uh, <laughs> we got some old school. We got some. We got some Logic going in there. Right here. Um, I got it right here. The new album. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. I haven't gotten to that yet. So I got. I got to get around to that. So I'm listening to Logic. Um, listen to some old school Janet Jackson. You know. I like a it. Bit, a little bit of everything. A little bit. I like a little it. bit mixture of everything. Stevie Wonder. It just depends on the day, honestly. I, got, I like it. The soul playlist, the pop payment playlist. I got a little bit respect for Stevie Wonder. I love, yeah, that, that, those are great ones. I, I love it. you guys. All had some pretty good ones. Now, I'm gonna start out. I've seen this on Twitter lately. <laughs> all the NFL like like uh, the intro songs on Fox, uh, NBC. Uh, as well as CBS, ESPN. I've been listening to them a lot, just like going back. I'm like, which one do I like more? I'm like, I think I have my list. Seen those lists kind of going around. Maybe we'll rank them next week at some point. But I, I've been listening to that. But um, as listening in the car and all this week, I, I've been in my summer mood a little bit. I had 24K Golden. I mean, I, I you know, he has that song Mood. I, it's been putting me in a mood lately. He just reminds me of Summer's voice. Uh, been, you know, playing a lot of his uh, albums. He's a younger artist, but I've been enjoying him. I mean, uh, some of the songs he put out, he put an album last year. I've been listening to that. El Dorado uh, is the name of that album. So I've, I've been listening to that uh, and, and his music a lot as of late. Um, so, yeah, I've been in a summer type mood and, and listening to him down down the highway with the windows down with 24K gold. So that's what I've been uh, space jamming <laughs> as of late. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm coming with the wacky ones. I'm not coming with my normal future logic this week. It, it was it was out of out of the ordinary this week. So, um, uh, but as always, guys, I mean, great job. Um, I loved all the music you guys are listening to. And Joe Vaughn, thanks again for joining Planet Philly. Um, and just tell everyone where uh, they could find you at on Twitter, um, as well as at Sporting News. Uh, what kind of content you put out? Oh yeah, appreciate y'all having me on. Glad you know to be landing in Planet Philly and be taking my rocket back up out of here uh, soon. So appreciate y'all, you know, uh, having me on. Uh, yeah, you can follow me, you know, on Twitter at Jovan Ten. Uh, like you said, sporting news, doing you know a little bit of everything, sports betting, fantasy football. It's almost football season, so you know what that means. Be a lot of. A lot of busy, a lot of busy time coming up between bets and uh, fantasy football. So got that going. Obviously, a TSL podcast, you know, you know, we do over there, me, Harrison, Nick, you know, the whole crew. Obviously, Planet Philly is always, always, always invited to come on, you know, to do, to, you know, to come on to the pod. So do, invitations always open there uh, for y'all. Um, Tollsportslive.com, obviously, got a couple of things up there looking at the Phillies uh, trade deadline um just recently just this week so yeah got a lot of stuff on arriving hopefully do some more podcasts things like this yeah it's always a bunch of ideas that we're always throwing around 
that we'll eventually get to on our list. So yeah, uh, yeah, appreciate me. Appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all continue to keep on doing the great work that y'all do with the podcast. Enjoying what y'all do. Enjoying what y'all doing separately. You know what y'all doing in y'all endeavors outside of this. You know the first and gen podcast I have listened to and subscribed. So you know definitely keep up the great work. You know with the podcast outside of the podcast down at Wilmington. You know keep on doing y'all thing. Thank you, know, Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Joe Houston Rockets. <laughs> We're not Dallas Stars, We're not Cleveland Guardians, but you know what? You're always welcome to come back on here anytime. 110%. Jovan, it was a pleasure. Uh, make sure to go follow at Jovan10, also at totalsportslive.com. I always love doing stuff for Total Sports Live. Always a, a pleasure. Been there for a couple of years as well. So we got some things on the horizon coming up. So uh, for Jen, for Jason, for Jovan, I'm Nick Earnshaw. Make sure to follow us at Planet Philly Pod on all the socials. You can also email us planetphillypod at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel as well at Planet Philly Pod. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>